Hello and welcome to the Business Clubhouse Conversations with me, Ash Taylor. Uh, beautiful sunny day out there and today I'm really privileged and happy to be joined by Peter de Villiers. Hey Peter, how are you doing? I'm very good mate, how are you? Superb, it's just, uh, it's just so nice to be doing this whilst we're not sitting next to each other, which is a shame, which is because my, that's my normal modus operandi is to be slouched on the sofa with a coffee, um, but yeah. chilling in the is pretty good. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, take yeah. That. So just, just for the benefit of um, uh, everybody listening, do you want to just tell us uh, a little bit more about who you are, what you do, what, what's the change you make in the world? Yep. So um, I suppose official title, if we go by something like that, is that I'm a co-founder and chief product officer um, at Macanta, which is a CRM um, that helps you build a CRM as unique as your business. So um, our product is a very modular, uh, if you think about a box of Lego um, in CRM and business automation. And that's what we do, how people, if I think about the change we make in the world, it's, it's all about business processes, efficiency, getting rid of the cancer of two minute tasks, all of that thing, people spending loads and loads of time doing shitty little jobs all day long that automation can take care of. So um, that's sort of where our focus is. And I suppose for the main part at heart, I'm just a geek that likes to solve problems. I love that a geek likes to solve. I mean, some of the biggest problems in the world have been solved by Greek uh, geeks who like to solve <laughs> and, and, and some of them by the Greeks. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> That's very, very true. So you've been you've been on um, obviously Pete. I've known you a long time, and mm. um, you know you've been on a, an amazing journey to get to this point with with Macanta. And I and I, I know that Macanta is in many ways the culmination of um, I don't know probably five or six or seven years of I want to say trial or error, but but you know throwing stuff out there to see what works and, and experimenting and and i'm a big fan of the the term performance feedback and revision and that mm. this revision seems to be, seems to be the kind of not, not the end product but certainly the beginning of the end product would, would that be fair yeah it, it's very much um and me and my co-founders we're very aware of the fact that we have reached a point where we we actually feel this is something we can do for the next 10 years of our life. And when I, when I say that, I don't just mean, oh, it's going to be what we do for a living for the next 10 years. It's, uh, if you think about, I'm willing to invest 10 years of my life into this. It, it, is, it is good enough, it's exciting enough, it's big enough, it's important enough that I'm willing to invest 10 years of my life. Um, in it and, and and it is it's you, you when you say trial and error it is actually I, I I think I've even before I knew the term and knew what it meant I've just always sort of both in life and business I've had an approach of split testing and, okay, yeah. <laughs> and, and just just stick it out there see what happens get it back send it out again get it back a bit battered and bruised fix it up a bit send it out again um, and you and I've talked about it. You just, you build your little boat, you push it out into the water and you see if it floats. Well, I, I, I remember very much a conversation over dinner a few years ago where I, I think I said something along the lines of, um, 
human evolution is just one big split test or something mm. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 um it's a very big experiment. And 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 for me from a motivation and overcoming fear or anything like that that's just the way i look at it you always get to roll the dice again and just have another go it's not um but so, it's, how, how do you how do you get because you're you are you are incredibly unique with this how do you get your head around being so comfortable with the idea of investing the next 10 years of your life in something because because most people are looking for a quick fix. Most people are looking for results yesterday. Most people are looking for somebody to wave a magic wand for them. Most people get very frustrated with, um, you know, lack of results quickly. Mm. So how, 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 how have you, because you're so unique in being very open about, well, if it takes 10 years, it takes 10 years. And I'm all right with that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> It, it's it's always hard when someone asks me these things because I, I don't want to come across as if I have the answers and I'm I'm on a very deep level very aware that I can't take credit for any of it, as in I can't take credit for the way my brain works. It's it just happens to be that way, and for me, I I have somehow managed to achieve a complete disconnect between how happy I am today and the current situation of the world around me or my business or what I'm having to do today, if, if, if that makes sense. So the, yeah. yes, I mean, you, I was going to say we're all in business in order to generate revenue, but it, it is extremely liberating when you find something that you want to do so much that the revenue becomes a side effect to you just doing what you're doing really well. Mm. And, and, and I don't want to sound here, and it's important to note that you don't need to get to a point where you're making 10 million a year before you can feel that because our business at the moment is nowhere near 10 million a year, but we are all aware of the fact that the focus we're putting into it is not on what is the revenue. The focus is on, is our product better today than it was yesterday? And that incremental change every day, it's just better tomorrow. We know that the product will be better tomorrow than it is today. Mm. and having that focus and then you sort of you map that out and and it's it's having those goals so we we have a goal which we appear to still be on track for achieving tomorrow um late tomorrow afternoon and we've already agreed what's the next goal which is then for the third of december of this year but i mentioned to you earlier in the week that we've set this goal we had this conversation about well what does our business look like in 2030 and yeah. we all very quickly got to the point that the bit that we're thinking about and excited about in 2030 is not what features will the product have, how many members will we have on the team, what will the monthly revenue be, be what's the profit, anything like that. It's not that. It's the impact that it will have and the things that that business will allow us to do in the world rather than just, well, how much revenue is it generating? 
But, but, sure, but surely you need revenue to have an impact. Yes, but um, it, it's, I'm trying to think what's, what's a good way of thinking about it. The, I'm, try, I'm stuck for an analogy. Because don't, don't get me wrong, the revenue, I mean, we, we have a call within our business um, every day, which is our focus on the cash call, um, which is mm -hmm. half past one in the afternoons. So don't worry, we are focused on the cash on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. But it's getting to a point where the decisions you make from a long-term perspective isn't just tied to, and when you say the quick fixes, and, and um, it's a phrase that um, you would know, David Brown, good friend, um, we talked about a lot is, it's always dangerous to go shopping when you're hungry. Sure, yeah. And, 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 it, and it's getting out of that mindset. And even if, you, even if you are hungry three quarters of the day, but it's making time to do your thinking, not from that hungry position because that will have a yeah. bigger impact in, on your revenue than making the decision simply because, well, I need to generate this much revenue before Friday, or I need to generate this much revenue a week or a month. It's, mm -hmm. it's being able to split those two points of focus. And that, I mean, you helped us a lot with that because um, we had, I think it was in our first of the new mastermind group we set up, we were having our focus on the cash call at, quarter past six every morning and it was the first thing we did every day yeah. but the business had reached a point where you pointed out that perhaps because we weren't on life support anymore or the business <laughs> wasn't that perhaps the first thing we do in the morning shouldn't be the focus on that cash position and we moved it to the afternoon and changed it that the we've now got a Macanta focus call in the morning, which again, it's not a focus on Macanta the product, it's Macanta the business and where are we taking it? And that has yeah. now for the last, I'd say, three to four months been our first call every morning. And that the impact on the business has just been transformational. And, and within a, a couple of weeks, because we've just started our day with that very positive um, and, and it's decide the position you want to be in and then behave as if you're already there. Yeah, I'm a big believer in that. And, and, it, and it, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean we ignore the cash. We just don't make it, we stopped making it the first conversation we have every day. Yeah. And, and that means that you, you, you can allow the bigger and the, and the critically mo more important things to have an impact on your day and if you do that every day, cumulatively, the, the, the snowball then takes on a different trajectory. Mm. And, and you're, you're, I mean, you, you, you mentioned the task there about focus. I mean, you said focus three or four times there, mm. which I, again, yeah, I know how important that is to you. And, we, you know, before we started recording, you and I had a little conversation about um, me not wanting to, you know, that I make no bones about the fact that I have no desire, no interest at all in working, um, you know, 10 hours a day for six days a week. Um, you know, as I said, I've been there and done that as of you. And there is, there is this real, um, uh, I kind of belief, 
um, perpetuated by a lot of, I'm, gonna, you know, I'm holding my hands up in quote marks here, gurus and experts, that mm. in order to be, be successful, you have to put the hours in and you have to hustle and you have to, you know, you, you, if, if you're not doing 18 hours a, a days, you're, you're not a true entrepreneur. You know, mm. you, you haven't got a clue. And, 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 I, and I think actually one of the things that you've, um, you've identified, and we're very much on the same page on this, is that understanding what is important to grow the business is far, far more important than the amount of time that you put in to grow the business. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the understanding and identifying the key things that will actually make a difference are the levers you want to pull. And they're the big levers. You can busy yourself um, pulling loads of inconsequential, urgent and unimportant levers all day long and run out of time and too many hours and never see your family or anything like that. And the business just does not move. And, and it, it, it sometimes, I mean, if, if it's like you're, 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 you're in a rowboat and you, and, and this, is, this, this will actually work quite well as an analogy. You're in a rowboat and there are 20 oars of different sizes. Well, if you want to get across the water, which one are you going to use? You're not going to use a teaspoon, are you? No, no, it's not but right, people right. but people spend so much of their time worrying about the noisy teaspoons and they're trying to sort out the teaspoons when there's yeah, a big yeah. mass of ore lying there that just you know what just stick it in ignore everything else and just row and, and, and let's take that step further some people are so busy focused on yours they don't realize there's a bloody outboard monitor at the back yeah the yeah and 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 and, that, and that's for us what that first morning call now does is that we, we have some, I mean, it's quite interesting. We are very aware that within our business, we have a very intense environment and, and we need to hire for that because we, we were talking with, um, if we were all, because we're, we're all working remotely and have done for years, if we were all in the same office with glass walled offices, the conversations that happen between the co-founders on a daily basis would make everyone who works for us think that we don't get on and that this is a rocky ship to be on. Just because we have those difficult conversations every day to make sure that the, the, the levers we're pulling are the ones that materially move the business and the product forward and not just the things that make us look busy. But, 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 that, but that's, that's, you bring up such an important point there because so many people surround themselves um, with people like themselves you know mm. so that you, you, your default almost is well i want to work with that person i want to bring that person on as a partner i want them as a va i want them as a web developer whatever it is and and, and your your uh your kind of um sort of recruitment process internally is do i like them mm. now i mean i know one of your business is your brother and obviously you hope you like him but <laughs> fundamentally you have you have managed to surround yourself with people who uh, the fact that you like them is a bonus but more importantly you respect them and the respect the skills that they bring you mm. and, and i think that's been a massive uh, um you know that's been a massive driver in sh shifting your business forward because you, you we can't all if you have a team where everybody is the same 
you're all chasing after the same ore. Yeah. Well, well, it's that, but it's also, I think in our business, the way that we have it, and this is sheer luck, it's not design, but the way we've ended up with it, and, and now, it's, now that we recognize it and it's there, it's something we want to maintain, but how it originally came about is just a, a result of the people who originally decided, or oh, let's pursue this idea. But it, it's that it's not just that we're all chasing after the, the same ore. It's more a case of, I reckon this is the ore we need to row with and I need to defend my position because mm. the other guys could have picked up an ore and they've got a reason they think that's the better one and will get us there quicker or in the right direction. And I, I, I have to, and, and we, we take a lot from um, Ray Dalio's book, and the, the, the sort of idea meritocracy where it's, well, you've got an idea, bring it to the table, but you have to be willing to defend the idea. The idea has to stand up. It doesn't matter who brings the idea to the table. It's the idea that has to stand up. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and look at it that way rather than, and, and I've always said, I mean, for, for a long time, and it's why I've been in mastermind groups for years, is if I wanted a pat on the back, I go and visit my mum. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm never in, in a mastermind group or um, the people I surround myself that I take inspiration from or work with, they're not there to give me a pat on the back because I, I, there, there's a source of, there, there, there's, there's a almost, we each have an unquestioning, endless supply of pats on the back. Mm. We have to go and seek out the people will, who will, force us to improve um and it's interesting it's, it's who, I mean, in our environment i mean we i have been described in writing by co-founders as being fucking relentless yeah but that's what's required and and it's it, it's and and it's not from a it's 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 not sort of from a dictator perspective it's just We've set sail in this little rowboat and the next, the next safe harbor point is in sight. I don't care what you see on the horizon. That is where we're going and staying on that focus. Once we get there, then we can sit on the beach and say, okay, well, what do we do next? And where do we row to now? But otherwise you just end up changing direction and bobbing around and never actually getting anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and it's interesting because when people hear you say or, or see you described as, you know, fucking relentless, a lot of people may well go, well, that, that's, that's potentially a bad trait. Some people might, might perceive that as, as a negative, but actually you, you, you don't see it as a negative or a positive. For you, that's just, you accept that that's part of who you are and it's yeah. part of the reason why you will succeed. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's, I mean, I've put my hands up. It's a part of who I am that helps me succeed that I cannot take credit for. It, it's just, it, it's, it's how the mush in my head works and, and works quite efficiently and, and we go from there. And, but I think it also has to do with the fact that I've actually realized and accepted what is important to me. Because once, yeah. one, once you actually know what's important to you, making decisions and everything is so much easier. 
it, it, it's if you're not entirely sure and you're not convinced or anything of what's important to you. And I'm not, not, not just in business because the business is a secondary thing, but it's what's important to you. So it's the same as you not wanting to do 10 hour days. Now I'm, yeah. I'm quite comfortable doing long days, but for the last um, over five years now, I've had breakfast every morning with my kids at home. And when they come home from school, I'm at home. I'd say there's maybe 20 or 30 days a year that I'm out of town and therefore I'm not here when they come home for school or I'm not here when they wake up. But for me, whatever my business becomes, whatever success we achieve, there are parameters within that it needs to function. And creating a business that stops me having breakfast with my kids is just not a business I have any interest in. And because I know that and I'm committed to it, it means there are 20 decisions I don't have to make anymore because I've made this decision and it just makes everything. It reduces the, the complexity of your life and your business and, and everything because you can say, well, I made this decision that therefore I now don't need to make these 20 other decisions on a repeating basis. It's just, well, no, I have breakfast with my kids. Done. <laughs> and, and, and interesting phrase use there which is complexity because a lot of people would say that the work that you do I mean I, I look at McCanter and go well that's really complex and, and I know you, you see it in a very different way but mm. actually your ability to generate to build complexity has a singular focus because that complexity is designed to simplify things um, and enable focus for people and yeah I, you know, I, I come back to so I was going to say that I come back to, you know, it's a, a something you mentioned earlier about uh, the cancer of two minute tasks. Mm. And is, is there a, is a discussion to be had about that, you know, the, you know, two minute tasks are the, are the teaspoons, the, the tiny rowboat, the, the tiny oars in the rowboat, um, <laughs> you know, rattling around, as you said, but how, how does being, how does what I'm trying to get my head around is how does being complex simplify things? Well, um, <laughs> um, it simplifies and improves. So let's take um, what car do you drive at the moment? Uh, it's a Ford SUV thing. Okay, well, I love it. <laughs> would you would you say it's more complex than a Model T Ford? Uh, it's probably differently complex. Yeah. Uh, oh, but then model, yeah, well, uh, relatively, yes. Yeah. So, but all that complexity makes for a much nicer driving experience. Yeah. Much more relaxed. It's far less likely to break down. Things work. Mm -hmm. Everything is there. You get to your destination, all of that. So I look at it the same way as well. Okay. It is far simpler for me to just keep doing this two-minute task every time it comes up because I, I know how to do it and I do it and it goes on. It's a little bit of learning and focus to work out, okay, well, this two-minute task, yes, it needs to be done because there are two-minute tasks that need to be done. The thing people don't realize or forget or don't make the most of is 
we live in a world where the majority of those two-minute tasks need to be done, but they definitely don't need to be done by a human being. Yeah. So when I look at our systems, I know that last week, 1,500 things got done by the systems, which had to be done. These aren't things that I just think are great ideas. They are things that make the engine of our business and our product run. So they have to be done, but they took no human effort beyond the initial setup. So I guess coming back to the car analogy, you can then focus on pointing the car in the right direction with the steering wheel, making sure you're starting and stopping. But all the, the, all the stuff that makes the fuel go through the engine, um, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not a car geek. Yeah, that, you, don't have to, you don't have to pay attention to it. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's even unconscious. maybe another way of doing it is without SAP-NAV and the old A to Z maps that we, we, we had on the back seat, you'd have to pull over every now and again to see where you are and where you need to go. And then you set off and then you get a little bit lost and you pull over and you have a look. Whereas SAP-NAV built in, you sit and drive and every now and again, it gives you an instruction. Oh, turn left here. Okay, then we go. And, and, and you go and do that. And, and it's that kind of thing. You still driving from A to B, you still need to know where you're going, but you don't have to stop, look at the map, make a bit of progress, stop, look at the map. So all those things happen. And yes, there's the initial setup. Um, but once it's done, if, if you think there are so many tasks that people do once a day, so 365 times a year, that's if you only had one customer. Okay, so yeah. let's now have a look. If you have 100 customers, at some point you're gonna to have to start hiring humans to do mind-numbing, brain-dead work. Well, computers love mind-numbing, brain-dead work. So yes. you, you just hand it over to the technology. Um, and you then, you the, the way that I look at it is, Yes, I have to invest time in setting it up to begin with, but once it's running, I, I have bought back. It, it's, it's, a, it's a transaction. I put this time in now, but then I save X amount of time or free up X amount of time every single day that my business runs. So, so you, you, Pete, you've hung around with a lot of business owners. I mean, you, you, you and I know hundreds, mm. if not thousands. And you've hung around with some really, really smart business owners. Um, you've hung around with some um, in, in, incredible entrepreneurs. And uh, what, why, why do so few of those hundreds and thousands, uh, uh, and, and it may be that people listening to this as, you know, fall into that category, maybe some don't, but why do so few not get that principle of minimizing um, the, the 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 cancer of two minute tasks what, what, what what's the block because i i used to run training courses on personal productivity mm. and everybody would come out of the room saying oh yeah that's really amazing 80 20 rule you know uh, urgent versus important i can do first blah, blah 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 and a month later nothing's changed yeah so what 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 are people afraid of <laughs> what stops them um I don't know if it's anything that they're afraid of, but 
I think it has a lot to do with, so I use the term the cancer of two-minute task very purposely because it is insidious and it just it just infiltrate your business without you noticing. Yeah. And and it, it's it's a bit like spilling a glass of water on the floor and then you think, oh, I'll just clean that up. And then you find all these little bits where the water has run under the kitchen cupboard and it's here and it's there and, and all these things. And, and it's that, but it, but it's completely, to a large extent, it's invisible because it's made up out of so many little things. And we are very good at focusing on the big thing in the room and say, well, well we've got to deal with that. But forget about, well, actually, there's a thousand little things here that if we sorted them out, then the big thing may not even exist in the first place. So, so, so give me an example. What, what are the... What are the things? What are the what are the cancerous tasks you no longer do? What I'm trying to do here is give give people listening a, an example mm. of stuff that perhaps they're doing every day that's sucking the life out of them, that's making their ten you know that's making their six hour day a ten hour day, a twelve hour day. Yeah. That if they could just automate these, and this this isn't a sales pitch for me. You are, you know, you have built this system because you want to affect change for business owners. Mm. And I'm in the same boat and I get incredibly frustrated that people say to me all the time, I haven't got time to do that. And yet when you dig into their diaries and, and you ask them to, it's one of, one of my favorite exercises is to get people to write a list with minute interval and do it. Nobody can do it. Yeah. And then they have huge, it's, it's like, these gaps where there's time black holes have sucked yeah. um, you know, their diary and they've got no idea what they've done with it. And, and so you think, give, give us an example of what's going into those black holes. Yeah, so um, it's always tricky for me because I, um, I, I've eradicated to a large extent those things. But let's say, for instance, um, you and I have to arrange a time to have this call, okay? Yeah. Now, you have certain times available in your diary. I have certain times available in my diary. What we could do is spend ages emailing back and forth. Can you make this time? No, sorry, I can't do I can do that day, but not at that time. And you come back, well, I'm actually out later in the day, so can we do this? And it's back and forth, and it's unnoticed. It's an unnoticed complete waste of time yeah whereas all it needs to be is here's a link pick a time that works speak to you then yes and that and that then shows me the available time i pick one that works for me you get a confirmation i get a confirmation it's in your diary it's in my diary and and that's a very simple example and a lot of people listening to this will just think well yeah diary booking is diary booking but it, but it, it's though it, it's the cancer of two minute tasks operates at that level. It's the things that we just think, well, it doesn't really matter. I'm just sending this email, or I'm just doing this, or I'm just doing that. Um, and and but but it, it it just compounds during the course of the day and the week and the months. Um, whereas if you think so, um, over the last three weeks, my co-founder Pete has had. I think probably 30 user conversations, calls booked in, okay? Yeah. 
Now, how much of his time and then the time of those 30 individuals would it have taken to manually arrange a time that suits him and each of those 30 people? Yeah. And he, he wouldn't really get much else done. And, and one of two things will happen. Either he won't get much else done or those calls just would not happen. We know what would probably happen is yeah. the call wouldn't happen. Yeah. yeah. And, and therefore, we don't learn what users want. Our business doesn't improve. Our business doesn't grow. Um, and, and that's a simple example of, well, let's get on a call and have a conversation. But there's loads of things. So um, what happens as well is when someone signs up for a trial of our product, one of the processes that happens is we need to create that person as a contact in the recurring billing platform that we use. Yes. And then at the time when they have to start paying, we then have to every month say, well, you've had so many users logged in, this billing cycle, this is how much you're paying and generate the invoice and send that to me. In that instance, we just auto charge the card and send the, in, send the bill, but that whole process. Now you can think, okay, not spending the time to properly set up the systems would mean when someone signs up, one, we need to keep track of when their trial runs out. Then once they have to start paying, we have to somehow go and see manually, okay, this is how many people logged in. They're paying this much per user. Therefore, I need to go and generate an invoice of this and manually process the charge on their card or send them an invoice and wait for them to pay. Now, that might work if each transaction is worth 25 grand and you only do four of them a month. Sure. But when you get into volume, um, we've got, um, at the moment, we've probably got all in all close to 800 users logging in. Well, <laughs> who's going to go and count? Well, so many logged into this app, therefore they need to be billed this much and go and send that and charge the card. We could employ a couple of people to do that every month. But you're getting okay. the same work. Practically zip. Pardon? You're getting the same work done for practically zip versus yeah. two people full time. Yeah, and, and I think also, um, and this came up in a conversation on a webinar we did last night as well. I think one of the reasons that people don't do this is because this is a very good way to force yourself to actually think about what it is your business does. <laughs> what is important and what does it take to deliver? And again, it takes you away from just being busy and being able to say, well, aren't I a good business owner? I do 12 hours a day. Why aren't I getting anywhere? Yeah. And most people don't want to face that reality. Is, no. is, I mean, I have conversations with people where getting them to identify what their role actually is, mm. you often only get quite generic answers. Well, it's to grow the business um, or it's to do whatever the business does. But they, they can't, they struggle to go get more specific than grow the business. Well, what does that actually mean? Mm. Um, because for me, growing the business means doing things like um, thinking. Uh, and, and people don't put anywhere near enough credence and, and <laughs> on thinking time. And if you're oh. constantly running around busy, you don't have time 
to think. Now, yeah. most people are in business or have started a business because they had an idea. Now, an idea is a, is a product of thinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the more you think, the more ideas you're going to have and the more solutions you're going to come up with and the more problems you're going to solve. But people don't, people don't give any credence to think. They don't give any credence to understanding the numbers in their business. They don't yeah. give any credence to the, 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 the strategies that they want to employ. And, and, and they're all perceived to be, it's all perceived to be wishy-washy tasks. Mm. Whereas actually when you, when you drive right down and you drill down, that's where the value of, a, and I'm going to use the word CEO, because whether you're a one-man band or the owner of an 11-person business, if your behavior is that of the chief executive officer, you are the driver of that business. It is, it is your responsibility mm. to act in a way that is, that is um, proportionate to where you want the business to go to. But we all get caught up in the minutiae of, you know, trivia. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it isn't. And it's, it's, it's well, you can call it shiny object syndrome. There's different distractions and everything. So, for instance, I would say that a big thing to focus on because what you don't want to do is when you start putting systems and processes and automation in is don't just automate what you're already doing because then all you're doing is you're automating shitty processes and mm. things, things that, that you're doing this way because that's the way it's being done, not because this is the optimum way of doing it and all those things are actually critical or beneficial. Um, so that there's a big element of... Um, blocking out and stripping out and disregarding things in order to remain focused. So for instance, if we go back to our, our lovely rowboat analogy, well, we can, we can have the best oars in the boat we like and they're available to us. But if we're worried about painting the side of the boat whilst we're in the water, what's the point? And, and by the same token, if you and I are fighting over which oar to use, but there's a massive big hole in the boat, well, then we're, we're, we're distracted by the wrong, seemingly important thing. So I actually yesterday had an idea for a new product. And I don't dare mention it to the guys. No. Because <laughs> for, for me, it's if, and, and the way I think about it, if I still think of it as, an, as a product a year from now, then I might say, well, why don't we put some resources into that? Yeah, because it's too easy to allow that to distract the yeah. direction you're currently headed in. And yeah. under steam, you're all, you've all got the right oars currently. Yeah. There are no holes. It's, it's, you don't really care whether it's painted bright, you know, pea green or not. No. <laughs> because it's, it's going to get you there. And that's absolutely fine, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, fascinating stuff. But but, but I think really I think like many things that people don't do or keep doing um, in business, it, it comes down to what you mentioned about thinking, but it also comes down to being harshly honest with yourself. Mm. Um, well, you you talked you talked earlier about you know being you. you you actively look to put yourself in positions where you are surrounded by people who challenge you rather yeah. than give you a pat on the back. And yeah. uh, uh, this is, this is a, uh, um, before we were on this call, I had a meeting with my, my VA 
um, and the, the the outcome of that call we're having we're having a call a week for an hour, and we're going through the processes that are in my business. And yep. I've asked I've asked her to lead that discussion, because if I lead it, I will tell her what's happening, and I'll ask her to build a process around what is already going on rather than just giving her what the outcome is you want and then saying can you design optimally for that outcome please correct and to challenge me on what is already happening and we already within sort of the first half an hour we came up with a half dozen things that could immediately be better were yeah. being replicated um and or could be automated mm. and it's fascinating actually take the time and you're brave enough to put yourself in a position of challenge yeah. by you being challenged, how much you grow. Yeah, yeah. And, and it, it's, I think it's very important in that scenario that the rules are agreed. Everyone's aware of what the game is. So, for instance, um, I'm not the CEO of our business, but mm. that... that I, I have no less um, ability to challenge an idea brought forward by the CEO than I do an idea brought forward by one of the developers. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's everyone's on, from that perspective, everyone's on a level, level playing field and the, the behavior. So there's a, there's a, there's a couple of phrases that we, we, strongly hold on to which is the one um and there are there are books written about it. the one is non-violent communication yeah and the other one is stay in adult <laughs> i love that <laughs> yeah because what happens a lot is people say yeah i don't mind my people challenging me and as soon as you're challenged you throw your toys out of the pram yeah and, and, and then and then very quickly your team realizes well yes they say we can all challenge, but listen, it's you do it once and you realize why it's not really the case. Yeah. Um, yeah, and those things are, they're, they're much harder to do than the majority default position of, well, I have to defend this, whether I'm right or wrong, I need to defend my position, or I am in this position, therefore you must do as I say. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's like that. Of, it's like being put in a position almost where you've got to def defend or uh, or prosecute yeah. an opposing view. Like, we, you yeah. know, I remember being at school and debating club that actually what's what's important here is not your feelings, but actually the, the principle that you're you, that you're defending or, or putting forward. You know, yeah. And, 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 and the staying in adult and the nonviolent communication it pulls together into that thing that, well, there's no, there's no conversation that takes place where someone's being challenged in our business, where they are being challenged for their feelings or their personality or anything like that. It, mm. It's you're being challenged because of behavior or the idea you've put forward. Yeah. And, the behavior is challenged from the perspective of, well, this behavior causes this in the business. Therefore, that behavior will improve this in the business. That's the behavior we expect. It's, and and, and, and it's, not, it's not from the perspective of there is something wrong with you, you need to change. It's like you are a human, you are 
intrinsically valuable, but in the game that we're playing, these are the rules and this is how you win the game. So, I mean, I, I always think of someone like Usain Bolt. Um, after he got his, I don't know, second or third world record, yeah. he, still, he still had a coach. Mm. A coach who couldn't run the 100 meters as fast as Usain Bolt could run it. But Usain Bolt didn't sort of stand up and say, you know what, from this day forward, nobody can tell me how to run. Yeah. And, and, and it's, being, it, it's having the humility within your own organization and the people who work with you and for you to be able to say, well, yes, this is my skill set and this is what we've achieved but you're bringing something. And, and, and I suppose it's also, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very aware of the advantage in our business that some of the critical stuff that needs to be done, like building the product and adding features, the actual development and the coding, I can't do it. Which well, I think, but that's, I think that's a, I know, you, you know, you say you're a geek, but actually it's a big advantage. I mean, I come across this all the time that one of the big challenges business owners, entrepreneurs have is that, they're trying to build a business around a skill set that they actually have. So they feel they're the only person who can do it. You yeah. are in that luxurious position in many ways of you can't. So yeah. you have to focus your skills on enabling the people who can. Yeah, and if, 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 if you think, well, fine, um, say about the food what you will, but look at an organization like McDonald's. Mm -hmm. when, they, when you go to buy a franchise, how well you do at cooking burgers is pretty low down the pecking order yeah. on whether you can have a franchise or not. Yeah. But, but we find a lot with small businesses, especially that the business owner feels that taking takeaways in McDonald's as an example, that in order to run McDonald's successfully, it is the flipping of the burgers that is the key piece, and therefore I should be doing that. Yeah, and that, that's that's wrong. Yeah. So look, Peter, this has been brilliant. I I know you, and I could probably talk for hours <laughs> uh, on these kind of subjects. We often do. We don't even need whiskey to do it with. No. Uh, <laughs> Who would have thought? <laughs> Um, it's been brilliant chatting to you. Um, if people do want to sort of eliminate some uh, cancerous tasks in their business, we'll, um, you know, we'll obviously um, put your details in the link. But easiest way to get hold of not sorry, not easiest way to get hold of you, but easiest way to hold um, to get uh, on board with the Macanta, perhaps, or have a look at it. How 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 can they do that? Yeah, um, easiest way would be just macanta.org forward slash clubhouse. Brilliant, because I know you've done. Uh, an offer for certainly our members haven't yeah. yet to free trial, which we greatly appreciate. Which is no worries fantastic. at all. But but yeah, it's it's this is good, and no, no whiskey or steak was harmed in the making of this episode. <laughs> we'll have to arrange that soon, we? as, soon uh, as soon as we possibly can. <laughs> well, we'll we'll just have to cook them either side, and then <laughs> set up a TV in the kitchen. <laughs> Brilliant. Cool. Super stuff, Pete. Thank you very much. No That's worries. Thanks for having brilliant. me. Brilliant. Very welcome.